Welcome to the Channel Champions Podcast, powered by Evolve IP, hosted by Zach Anderson. Today, we'll explore the always evolving landscape of the IT, telephony, and communications channel. If you are a trusted advisor, strategist, IT consultant, or sales engineer, this one's for you. Today's guest is... All right. This is the Channel Champions Podcast, episode 003. I have Richard Rodriguez here from ClearSync. Um, I am going to let Richard, I'm going to let you go and introduce yourself, and then we're going to get after it, and I'm really excited to have you here. So, Richard, take it away. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Uh, so, Richard Rodriguez, founder and CEO of ClearSync Solutions. Um, people may have known us previously as Bits. We just went through a rebrand of the company. Um, you know, I am not, uh, I'm not like a typical channel partner. Um, I did not come from the telecom industry. I was 24 years oil and gas and private equity. Mm. And I always had this, I was on the other side of the table, obviously buying technology and doing, doing a lot of large deals. And I always had it, uh, I, I just always saw that, uh, you know, the potential for, for starting up this company and approaching it from a different perspective than kind of historically what I had when I had worked with other channel partners that were very focused and specific on one thing, whether it was UCAS or network or, or mm-hmm. you know, SD-WAN or security. Um, so I, you know, we have a little bit of a different approach and started this company uh, 2020. Wow. Uh, mid-2020. And uh the whole reason for the rebrand was because of my background in oil and gas. Yeah. Um, biz, Bits stood for business intelligence technology services. I thought it was great. Right. But all the people in my network um, thought I was selling drill bits. And I just couldn't get <laughs> I couldn't get them over that hump. So finally, I just gave up. I'm like, all right, we're just going to come up with a different name. So. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I'm always interested to know, like, you know, of all like the, the technology advisor companies, like I always wonder how you come up with the name because there's so many creative names out there. Right. And you would think like bits, you know, it makes sense. Right. Um, but then, you know, it's funny that you say, I had no idea that <laughs> people would be coming to you like, you know, for drill bits and stuff like that. But like, how do you come up with something like a clear sync, for example? So I actually, um, you know, there's a there's a team I office out of a of a shared office with a friend of mine and he's got a marketing company. He has a I've known him for a long time. He's got a steel distribution company. He has a lot of different things. And so um I'd been I'd been in the office for about a year. And when I when it was time to, you know, when I finally just gave up and, and he was on me about it a lot. He's like, man, you really need to do something about, about the name and it's just confusing. And so finally I, I said, all right, let's put, let's put your team on this and walk me through this. Cause I am not a creative person at all when it comes to that stuff. Sure. And so we went through an entire process of, you know, it was very immersive and it was very, it opened my eyes to a lot of things too, because you get so, you just get so deep in the day to day and building right. a business and running a business and, to be able to step back and, and look at the bigger picture of what I want the business to be, where I want it to go, all these things. And, you know, they, they helped me, they helped me kind of, 
I had my vision and I, I've always had that, but to be able to put it into a framework and words, uh, mm. you know, it was really good. And then that's where they're the ones that really, I don't know, we came up with a list of, God, there were probably like 40 different names. Oh, and then we kind of whittled it down and whittled it down. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, this worked. Does this work? And we had different themes. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, because one of the things that I say is, you know, for, for us, um, since I've been on the other side of the table um, and I bought solutions for, mm-hmm. you know, for, for companies that, that I started or that I've worked for. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of my competitors who haven't been on that side of it. Right. And sure. so, you know, I'm sure you've been in those conversations where, you know, tech people and business people, they, they find it very hard to communicate with each other. Right. They all want right. the same thing, but and they may even want the same solution. They just don't even know they want the same solution. So you have right. tech people who are who are very technical and they're talking about, you know, why the company needs us and all this stuff. And then you've got the business people who are like, well, how does it affect my business? And, oh, you're going to make it that much harder because now I have to sign into this and I have to go to this. And, right. you know, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, they're after the same thing. They just don't know how to communicate. So I always said, like, we're the bridge. That can they can speak to the technical people, but they can put it into a business case and talk to the business stakeholders and say this is this is why it's going to help your business, right? Whether it's a technology that helps you retain customers or grow your customers, or it helps your products, or or it you know makes you more responsive in the field, whatever whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're able to, to present that that way, so. We spend a lot of time in that bridge, and if you look at the the ClearSync logo, that's what that it's a synapse, right? So it's that mm-hmm. bridge. Yeah, right. so that's how that's how we finally came up with that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So what was it like? I mean, obviously being in oil and gas for you said twenty years, right? Uh, and then now twenty twenty happens. So so you were obviously already sort of transitioning, like what 2018, 2019 into looking into doing that, or. Like, when did it enter your mind that, like, I want to make this transition? And then, like, <laughs> what was it like, you know, 2020? Obviously, we know what happened, but, like, what was that like? It was it was interesting because I, I had it in my head that, you know, I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. And so sure. the last company I started, it was myself and four other founders. And then we had, we had a private equity company back us for... A pretty significant amount of money. I think it was three hundred and twenty-five million was the initial investment. Wow! And um, and then you know other investors come on, and so we bought we bought nine companies in the span of uh, probably twenty-six months, and then wow. had to put it all together. So again, like right there, right? You're 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 buying all these companies, and it was global. So we had facilities. I mean, we had facilities in Dubai. Um, Canada, all over the U.S. Um, we had sales offices all over the world. So again, you know, you can figure everything from network aggregation, cybersecurity. I mean, everything, everything that we do in the channel fits into right. that, right? Right. And again, a lot of times as I was going through that, through those, through those years, that we started in 2015. I left there at the end of 2019, like literally like a month and a half, like a month before the pandemic hit. Wow. And uh, I had these plans. I was going to start another. I was going to start a different oil field services company. And pandemic uh, yeah. hits, and I was like, "Well, you know what? This is this is the right time to start this." Like, because all the funding for oil and gas pretty much dried up. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, "You know what? This is this is the time to do it." And you know, I had 
I had a path forward. I knew I could do it. I had, I had the runway for it. I said, okay, it's going to be now or never. So might as well do it now. Wow. Talk about turning uh, lemons into lemonade, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, exactly. And, and again, that was, that was what really kind of, kind of crystallized the idea for me because in dealing with, you know, in dealing with um, everything I had to go through with that other company, it was like, you know, initially, you know, it was like, yeah, there, there are channel partners who really focus on network. And it was like, okay, you know, I would talk to them about aggregation and we would go down that road and the SD WAN road. And it's like, Hey, you know, like I really want cybersecurity. And I'm like, well, I don't really, you know, I can give you somebody, but that's not really what I focus on. And it's like, okay. So, you know, before I knew it, you know, I was dealing with four different partners trying to do different services. And I thought, you know, it would be so much better if, if I could just deal with one partner that had enough of it, had enough knowledge and could speak to all these different things, right. And talk to them again at a business case. So if you look at what we do, especially with the network and the connections that we built, uh, it's very, it's very C-suite type people that, that are in our network. So instead of trying to go from kind of IT manager, director, VP and sell up, we go for the C-suite and we explain the technology because they're, they're extremely smart people. They're, they run sure. billion dollar companies, but they're also the same guys who are calling IT saying like, Hey, what's my password? How do I log into this? Right. They're just not right. Tech. And so, you know, if you're trying to explain it in a technical way, it's over their head. But if you can explain it to them in a business case and how it's going to affect their bottom line and what it's going to do for their customer experience or employee experience, they buy into it really quick. And then at that point, it's much easier because now they're, I don't want to say they're pushing it down, but at least it's a conversation where the tech people then know like, hey, they're already on board. And so I don't have mm. to go through that that hard process of trying to sell it up and then trying to sell it to my executives and then sell it to a board. I've already got the CFO and the CEO on board. So let's let's make this happen, right? Mm. And it's more just, you know, and, and we've had those experiences where, you know, IT, you know, VP of IT directors. They feel, they feel threatened by it and they're like, Oh, like, who's this guy coming in? It's like, no, like, I'm trying to help you, right? Like, these are right. solutions that you're pitching anyway, you know? So just use me as a resource and use me as, as somebody as basically an extension of your team rather than trying right. to, you know? So I think once, once we get over that initial hurdle, then they're on board and it's, it's a pretty quick, it's a pretty quick win. Hmm. So knowing that, you know, sort of like, C-level folks are not, maybe not as tech savvy. Um, when do you bring in the, you know, technical products and features into the conversation? Like, like how, how do you, how do you sort of feel them out to, you know, see when's a good time to start? Because it, it can be a lot. I mean, depending on the solution, like there's a lot of technical. Sure. I mean, it's more, jargon, it's more so, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more so understanding, you know, because, you know, any, any CEO or, or CFO uh, or CIO, I mean, they've got their vision of, they know their, they know where their, their company needs to go in the next three to five years, right? They've mm -hmm. got that overall strategy in their head. And, and the whole thing is like, how do they get there? Right. So mm -hmm. if it's, you know, if they're trying to, let's just say they're trying to, they're, let's just say it's a business and their current customer retention is, you know, in the 70 percentile and they know they want to get it up to 85, 90. It's like, well, how do you do that? You know, if it's a, if it's more of a, a call center type business, 
you know, let's look at things like wait times. Let's look at things like customer satisfaction service. And a lot of them, maybe they don't have the technology. They haven't invested in it previously where they can't even see those kinds of numbers. So if you tell the CEO, well, you know, if you do it this way, and if I could help to get your your retention into that 85, 90th percentile, you know, that translates into X dollars, right? And these are already existing customers. Now you can focus on upselling those customers. You're not having to go, you know, chase new customers per se. Um, I mean, that's that's where that's where it clicks for them as an example. And they're like, yeah, that's something that I really want, right? And usually at that point, when you get to, when you do get in front of the, the IT director, VP, they're like, yeah, like that's exactly what we've been talking about is trying to implement those kinds of things, whether it's, you know, being able to use the omni-channel stuff, whether it's being able to use customer surveys, AI, all those things that layer on top of, you know, traditional contact center. Mm-hmm. Then it's, then it's again, it's an easier sell for them because now they're speaking the same language. So now mm-hmm. it's, it shifts to, it shifts to the technical side of it. So now you're, now you're communicating with the IT guys saying, okay, let's find the right solution that goes with your existing tech stack, right? What's going to fit in? What's going to be, you know, what can scale up with you? So now you can tackle the tech side of it, but then the business side is already bought into it. Right. Yeah, that's something that we've talked about a lot too. Like the, I, I like that you brought that up, the extension of your IT team, you know, because it, it, you know, and, and, and in addition to that, like how can an organization or, or a solution like turn your IT staff, for example, into more of like a profit center than a cost center? You know, we talk about that a lot too. And like, Right. You know, and, and like you said, you know, it can be threatening to an IT leader when you come in and say, like, you know, we're going to help you do more with less. Right. But I don't think we are, we do a good job of, like, defining what that means. Like, that doesn't mean we're going to, like, you know, you can now, you know, like, if you're talking to a CFO, like, oh, I can now cut half my IT staff. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. It's right. like, you know, we're basically going to take some of the the keeping the lights on work off of them. So now you can sort of, you can sell the whole, like, what do you really want your IT team to be focusing on? Like what strategic sort of like initiatives do you, do you really want them working on? And then you sort of like, you know, work backwards from there. Does that make, or is that kind of how you you have that conversation? it, It does because, you know, most, most IT leaders, you know, they, they get frustrated because, and even their employees get frustrated because, they're dealing with low level problems. They're dealing with a lot of low level right. problems. And right. it's like, okay, if, if we can do something to take that off your plate and make, make the work more interesting for your people, one, it's going to be, you're going to have better attention, right? Because now they have an interesting job and it's not just answering, you know, boring help tickets. It's actually helping the business and they get more involved in it. They get to understand the business more. And then, you have people like marketing and salespeople that now see IT as a resource rather than kind of a hindrance, right? Right. And so, so it transitions them from being, again, just the guy of like, oh, reset my password to, hey, like, how can you help me create a dashboard that will show me this? How can you help me look at these things that, that will, will make us, will make the whole company propel forward and make us all look good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's such an interesting conversation, you know, and, and, it's interesting too that that you're you know having success and having those conversations with C levels and uh, yeah it's just that's just really cool. So as far as ClearSync goes, so do you uh, you know are you sort of regionally focused or I mean 
you know, I know you're a pretty new company, obviously, but like, what do you, you know, what's your sort of market size right now? Is it sort of you know, where it's, you're it, at right you, now? You know, geography wise, I mean, we've got, we've got clients that are, that are global. You know, we do have enterprise wow. clients that are, that are, that are all over the world. So, um, and then we do have, you know, smaller, you know, smaller companies, service companies, for example, in oil and gas that are, that are us based, um, but again, they're, you know, when we work on IoT projects, for example, um, you know, their, you know, their tools go out all around the world, right? So mm. it's how, you know, how do we keep track of that? How do we pull all that data in? How do we, how do we put it on, on dashboards that are, that not only help them, you know, but they also help their customers as well. So, you know, especially again, you know, I, I talk a lot about oil and gas because <clears throat> that's my background. I, you know, that's that's a lot of our customers. I mean, we do have we do have some retail, we do have some healthcare, uh, we have yeah. some financial services as well. But oil and gas is the bulk of, of of what our what our customer base is right now. And so, you know, when you look at them, it's a very um, you know, it's a very capital capital intensive business as far as as far as tools, right? And anytime you're you're producing any whether you're whether you're drilling you know <clears throat> drilling new pads whether you're you're already producing oil and gas and you know every day that you're down you're caught you're it's it's very very expensive I mean you're talking course, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars a day if if right. these, yeah. these operations go down so anything we can do to keep those up and keep them going and help them predict maintenance and, and be able to schedule downtime and anything like that, it's a, it's a huge difference maker to them. So, so like on the IOT yeah. side, that's what we focus on the data side. That's what we focus on. And then again, changing their mindset too. like, for example, you know, they think of, you know, they hear contact center and they're like, well, I don't have a contact center. It's like, well, no, you do. It's like, you have insight, you have, very large inside sales organizations that basically are contact centers. They're dealing with your outside mm -hmm. salespeople. They're dealing with your customers who are calling in every day. And it's like, Hey, where's my order? It's like, this is, this is contact center technology that can tie into your ERP. And you explain when you go down that road and explain the whole thing, they're like, Oh, wow, this is game changing. It's like, exactly. So it's just getting over some of that, that historic terminology and putting it into terms that they can understand. Right. And of course, you know, if we're going to talk about contact center, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up CX and UX and all the X's, right? Like, how how has that become such, a, you know, a center for conversation? Like, how did that? What what are your thoughts on that? How did that even start? I mean, I, th I think it's very. I think it's. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it, right? Because all of a sudden, people had to work remote, um, and that. That sped up the process. I mean, I, I really think that sped up the process by at least five to seven years in a lot of the, the digital transformations and the communication transformations that people, people would have gotten there eventually. But I think that really expedited that one. And I think two, because of that, you had the industry that, that looked at it and saw this buy-in from all these companies and, that's when they started to, and then you saw a lot of them really have to start setting themselves apart. I mean, when you look at, when you look at whether it's UCAS, CCAS, I mean, there, there are a lot of players out there, right? And I think there's, I think there is going to be a lot of consolidation that's going to have to come down. Um, and I think that's, you've already started to see that, but I think that's ongoing. Um, and everybody's after this, you know, this one pane of glass. Everybody wants to be the one pane of glass for, 
whether it's, you know, call center agents or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think that, um, I think that that's where people try to start to set themselves apart. And that's where this, you know, CX came in and X cast came in and all these other things for, you know, branding the experience rather than just the communications portion of it, because it is so much more than communications, right? Mm. So how are you having that conversation or how are you having that conversation with, you know, a C level since that's kind of like your, you know, your strategy. So like how, you know, like, how, how are you selling that to them? I think, you know, it's a it's a case by case basis because you have, again, and I think it's very it's it's dominated by industry. Right. Again, if you're dealing with somebody that historically has dealt in contact center, talking to them and using and explaining it more in an X cast way and and framing it into to elevating that customer experience. They're already kind of in that world, so they they understand that, and they understand that this is part of the evolution, and they're ready to take that next step. If you're talking to an industry that's not historically in, you know, contact center, and they're more, uh, you know, more traditional kind of UCAS, um, I kind of stay away from the new acronyms, and I just I just kind of keep it basic for them, and it's like, okay, let's just talk about well, we're using the same thing, just not using those terms, right? And just more, more talking about let's, let's have your evolution, but let's have it in, in um, more of a business sense rather than a customer experience sense. So I think it's just, it just depends which vertical you're in. Right. So, yeah, I mean, can you, I'd like to dig into that a little bit as far as the verticals goes, like, is there, you know, with everything that we talk about in the channel, like, are there specific verticals that you've seen that care more about, you know, CX versus, you know, UX or like, I mean, of all the things that, like I said, we talk about, like, how, do, how does that translate to like a specific vertical? Um, I mean, one that comes to mind is healthcare, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's one that everybody can relate to. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty frustrating vertical as a customer, right? When you're, when you're calling in to make an appointment, when you're, you're, you're still dealing with getting, getting to a doctor and, you know, if they're not very efficient in what they're doing, you got an hour wait in the waiting room and trying to get your records and trying to get to the fight. Like all those things tie into more of a CX customer experience. And that's where it's taking their traditional, like, yes, you've got, you know, you may have had an on-prem thing and yeah, you may have trained, you may have even transitioned to, to a cloud contact center platform, but you're not utilizing everything else that's out there that can that can make your customer experience even better. And again, make those people want to stay with you, right? Because you've seen a lot of, again, you've seen a lot of consolidation in other industries such as healthcare. So you've got, you know, you've got these big hospital systems and, you know, Again, having them all be able to talk to each other, be able to share each other, because within those big systems, you know, you've got general practitioners and you've got all kinds of you've got all kinds of specialists that are in there. But if they can't even communicate within that and then be able to show them that they can they already have the tools to do that, and there's tools out there that can make it better. So when a when a customer does call in and it's pulling up all their records and the person who answers is like, oh, yeah, I see that you had a you had a. 
you know, you had an appointment on this day and they're now referring you to this orthopedist or this person or that person. I've got you. I can get you in on this day. This is exactly what you need. They'll already have your records when you get there. So you're not having to worry about you get there and it's like, oh, tell me about your whole history again. Like it's already there. Right. Or or if, if you call in and you need a prescription refilled or you need a follow up or something, being able to have all that all of that pulled up so that 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 person answering the phone can can really help you rather than like, oh, well, let me put you on hold. Let me transfer you to so-and-so. I got to, you know, we've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. So what other like solutions have you seen that aid in the, or, or not aid, but like contribute to the CX conversation besides CCAS, for example? Um, you know, I mean, customer experience can go to all kinds of things, right? Like in retail, you know, we're seeing, we're doing a lot on, you know, AI has been a big thing for uh, retail as far as, you know, people have, <clears throat> and, it, and it's evolving so fast, but even take something like a, like a store that brings in new products, right? They, it's always, it's always, it's always reactive. So if they bring in a new product, you know, they've got to wait, you know, three and six months to see like, Hey, is this, has this really taken off? Is this, is this selling like I thought it would sell this investment, whether it's a new product or whether it's a new placement in a store or those kinds of things. And being able to layer AI on top of their cameras, for example, so that you can see, okay, like this is really driving, like a person spends X amount of time on this new display or on this new product or, or being able to see in real time, like how much of it is actually selling you can make better decisions on your investment rather than, or do it as a test pilot in the store and be able to see like, okay, we do think this is going to take off rather than you think it will. And then you roll it out for a bunch of stores and it's like, oh, that one didn't work out so well, but you don't find that out until three, six, nine months later. And mm-hmm. you know, that could have been a bad investment. So again, it's helping them in those kinds of ways to, to be able to make better decisions. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, the big topic is AI and, and how far that's come just in the last couple of years. But I'm also hearing about security, um, you know, being more a part, you know, being a bigger conversation today. Um, but you would think like security should always be important. Like, why is it just now in, you know, just from what we're seeing, like, why is it just now that security is such a hot topic? I think, I think, uh, I think two reasons or three reasons. I think one has been the, um, just the publicity that, that people have seen, um, you know, about whether it's ransomware or, or things like that, that can, that can affect a business and shut down a business. Um, you know, one, there's the, obviously the, the monetary cost that comes immediately with having to deal with that. Um, Two, it's a lot of the disaster recovery. Even if you get, even if you get it back, you really don't fully get it back. And do you have things in place? I think three, the insurance industry is also driving that as well because you know people jumped on cyber insurance and it was it was another way for for that industry to make money. But now it's like, oh, they're having to pay some big sums because the number of of incidents that are happening, right? So now you see premiums going up, and now people are saying like, hey, I want to bring my premium down. How can I do that? And it's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's run through an assessment. And if you've only got, you know, these two things instead of these 12 things, like this can really bring your premium down. Right. So I think it's, it's that, I think it's that too. I think also 
I think it's also the the adoption of things like even take something like chat GPT, right? I talk to my clients about that all the time because it's like you have to put guardrails around that because, you know, when people when people are putting things into chat GPT now, whether it's and I've seen it on a bunch of clients where people are putting in like, hey, summarize this meeting notes for me because I need to put this in a presentation. It's great. It spits it out for you in less than a minute. But, you know, within those meeting notes, you've got customer data, you've got, you may have proprietary, you know, information in there. And that's all gone now. That is now in, you know, that is now in open AI, right? And, you know, if something happens there, like your your company data and your your strategies are out there, like all kinds of things are, are out there. So it's really important on those kinds of things that, yes, people have access to this and it's a great tool. But you really have to put guardrails around how your employees, how employees use that, right? Hmm. How do you secure? I mean, so how would you even go about securing chat GPT? I mean, you know, if, if, if you say, for example, like when, you know, you can use this tool, but don't put meeting notes in there. Like, is there something that you can like, is there a solution that's out there that puts those guardrails in place or how does that work? I mean, I think, I think, you know, the most, the most extreme guardrail is you can't use it. Um, right. right. You, you want to go that far, but I think, I think at least giving them guidelines to say like, Hey, like these are things that these are things you can use it for. Right. Like if you're, if you're coming up with a, with a, a sales presentation or something, as long as there's not, and again, putting things around there, like you're not putting, proprietary strategies in there. You're not putting, you're not putting things that are, you know, IP protected, you know, that you would. And again, I think a lot of it too is just some, some common sense, right? Like you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't go to Joe Blow down the street and give them your source code for something if you're a programmer, right? But right. people, but we've seen instances where people do that, right? Because it, because it can code and it can, it can do these things. And, so I think it's just I think it's just putting those guardrails in to say like, hey, these are things that are that you're allowed to go at it for, and these are things that you aren't, and you know, just trying to trying to limit that, right? Um, right. Because again, when you when you leave it wide open to people, it's just uh, it, it can get out of control really quickly. Mm. So when you're talking about this type of stuff with C levels, do you see you know w- what are some of the things that as far as a priority or a driver goes for each of them, like, for example, between like a CISO, CFO, CTO, uh, that sort of like how, when you're trying to say like, let's, you know, here is this solution. How do you conflate those things or or those drivers with the solution? Like, what do they care about? You know, and like, how do they come to some sort of, uh, common ground that this is the direction that we should go. Yeah. Again, I think it's, I think it's, you know, from, from a business standpoint, again, it's, it's understanding where they're at, where they, where they want to go. Um, they all have, you know, they all have their roadmaps for their business on how they want to get there, whether that's new products or upselling current things or, or things like that. So I think one is, is getting a, a complete understanding of, of their business. Two, from a technical side, is understanding, you know, their entire tech stack. What, what, what are you currently dealing with now? Because the one thing that you, the one thing that you don't want to do is is put in a solution that you know doesn't doesn't sync up with everything. Um, sure. Because then you, you know, you you look you look 
like you don't know what you're talking about and uh and it just derails the whole process at that point so so it's really those two things and, and getting getting an understanding from from the tech side of it about everything that they've got currently you know understanding from the business where they're at and then again it's it's and and you know the other thing too at the very beginning is and i'm sure you've been through this is you know, understanding who the stakeholders are and who the real decision makers are, because mm. I'm sure you've been in situations where, you know, you've been working on something for, you know, two or three months, you think you're at the goal line, and then you're at that meeting where you think a contract is going to get signed. And then all of a sudden, three other people walk in and it's like, who are these people? And it's like, oh, this is so-and-so for marketing. And he's got a he's got to sign off on it too. And he hasn't been involved for three months. And it's like, oh, geez. okay, now right. we got to start this again, right? So really, really understanding that from the very beginning um, and understanding how each each portion of it hits a different part of the business. Right. Because um, and again, that that just varies from that varies from company to company. Um, you know, you've got you've got some people where you know you may have an IT budget, but, you know, part of that actually flows up to the marketing budget or the sales budget. Right. Because right. and. And again, seeing different things, right? Like, you know, manufacturing businesses, for example, I've seen it a lot of times where you're trying to sell. So even something like, even something like security, whether it's even something like physical security, right? Mm -hmm. If they all want to, if they want to, you know, consolidate everything and and get to one vendor and get to one, you know, camera brand or or whatever, you know, you'll talk to them and they're like, yeah, this is what we want to do. But then, you know, you get into it and it's like, well, each each plant manager has the autonomy because that's their budget, right? So now that's a whole different way of trying to sell this rather than if you were trying to sell it to, you know, a, a CISO or, or a CTO or a CFO, right? Yeah. So tell me about, I want to hear a war story here. So tell me about a time where, just like you were talking about, you know, you're working on a, an opportunity or a deal for months and then you get to the goal line. And then something happens, like, tell me about a time where that's happened to you, but like how you, how you saved it. Um, you know, I, again, one, I mean, the physical security is a, a really good part of it, right? Like, you know, we got one, <clears throat> we got one phone call where um, they wanted to put cameras in place and it was like, okay, that's, that's fine. And it's like, do you just want security or, you know, what are you really looking for? Are you just looking for off hours monitoring? Are you looking for, for, you know, you know, what are you looking for? And then one facility was just looking for basic, you know, they've had a few thefts here and there, you know, and sure. they're, it's a big facility. They have a, a large yard outside, a lot of equipment. They've had some theft and it's like, okay, that's that. And and they were like, okay, that's what we want for, for everybody. It's like, okay, fine. Then you start talking to them and, you know, another plant manager comes in and, and he's like, well, this isn't going to solve my problem. It's like, well, what's your problem? He's like, well, they had, they had a lot of um, workman's comp claims. And he's like, well, just because I have a camera, it's not really going to help me. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go with the solution. Luckily, you know, we had, we, we have a good partner in the channel that's got, a really good AI platform that they can put on top and they can look at things like body position. They can look at that. You can put rules in there to where, you know, if Zach is, is lifting incorrectly, it can actually mm-hmm. send an alert to, you know, the, the shop foreman and say like, Hey, go, 
go talk to Zach right now because he's he's lifting it properly. He's going to hurt his back, right? Wow. And and they're like, and you know, you get to it's like, hey, Zach, like you got to lift with your legs. You can't be lifting. Oh, I didn't do that. It's like, no, it's here on video, man. Like we're we're trying to help you. We're trying to to keep you safe. Wow. And um, so it's those kinds of things, right? So that that was one where. Yeah, that one that one could have come off the rails, but luckily we have, we had enough where it's like, oh no, we can layer this on top. We can do this, and he was like, oh, this is great. This will really this will really help me out. And and then from then we had those two, and then it just went to it went to the rest of them, right? Then it was oh, then that's if you know if you can get one win within a within a company, um, you know it spreads it, it spreads pretty rapidly. Right. Especially when you have when you have those kinds of things where you have different different people that make different decisions and parts of the business or you have or you have large enterprises that have different different divisions. Right. So you may have a manufacturing division that does industrial equipment, but at the same time, and maybe they're an automotive over here, but they're an aerospace over here. Again, if you can get one win over here, they're like, hey, you should really talk to ClearSync because they helped us out with this. And then, you know, little by little, you can start to, to kind of expand uh, your reach into there. Hmm. So, so with, you know, when things go south like that, when you're working with a, a customer, I mean, is there, obviously there's no way to just mitigate that completely, but like, what would you, what's your advice, of, you know, to other technology um, consultancy companies like, how do you, is it just like having more suppliers? Is it having more partnerships? Like, like how do you mitigate those as, as much as possible, those situations? Um, you know, I think, I think one is, you know, always, always be learning because there's, there's so many, <clears throat> there's so many providers that are within the channel, right? And, and so many of them, it's very hard to, again, people were, people used to be very, and it was, it, and, and especially now that the channel has continued to expand, you know, traditionally when the channel first started, it was really focused on network. And then that, that kind of jumped into like CCAST stuff. And there were those kinds of things, but there are so many people that are in the channel now um, that have so many great solutions. And it's really just educating yourself and staying connected, um, staying connected with different channel managers on what they're, you know, what they're developing. I'm, I always ask people like, Hey, what, you know, what are you guys working on? Like, I know what you offer today, but like, what's in the pipeline for the next, you know, 12 to 18 months, because, you know, if there's something that's out there you can find companies that <clears throat> are very ready to be the guinea pig for something, especially smaller companies right there. If they, if you have somebody, if you have a CEO that's very much into, into um, not being a guinea pig, but they're more of a, you know, they're more of a, a technology um, they're one of the early adopters and, and you can partner with them. That's really, it's really good to be able to go to a supplier and say like, Hey, I have somebody like, if I know this is in your R and D and you're ready to kind of sort of start testing this out and launching this, you can work out a deal with, you may be able to work out a deal with one of your customers where they do it at a discount or they do it for free or they get some free seats or whatever. And it gives, it gives the supplier valuable feedback. But then at the same time, you know, if it works for the company now, now they're really happy about it because they know they're at the forefront of this technology that their competitors don't have, right? So, I mean, my advice is, you know, talk to everybody, talk continually, talk to suppliers, um, try and understand what they're working on, talk to their engineers, because nobody really talks to the engineers until it's time to implement something, right? 
but a lot of those guys are are knee deep into what they're working on, what the next phase of of their technology is, and you know, as much as I try and learn as much as that, because if I'm in a meeting and it's like, oh, they, you know, somebody needs this, it's like, okay, like the more you know, the more I know where I can connect the dots and be like, okay, right. like this may not, they may not have everything, but I can have them partner with this other supplier, and this can give this can give the overall solution, right? Because nobody out there has, you know, nobody out there has everything. So that's true. Again, being able to being able to to put people together and at the end of the day come up with a solution that works for everybody. I think that, and I would say the other thing too is, again, do as do as much homework as you can at the at the very beginning. Um, again, just understanding their business, where they want to go, who the stakeholders are, you know, who the influences are, you know, within a company because. You know, I run into a lot of situations where, you know, the, the biggest influencer may not have that title of director or CFO or whatever, but there's somebody that they rely on to say like, Hey, is this, you know, is this real? Is this something that I can, that, that we can really look at? And so if you can find those, those influencers within, within companies, that's huge. Sure. You know, I forgot to ask you earlier. So we're going to kind of switch gears for one second, but we were talking about, uh, uh, CX, UX, security, all that stuff, AI. Um, obviously those are huge topics, but, um, I wanted to ask you, what are some trends besides those things that you have been seeing that don't get as much, uh, attention as, as you would expect? Yeah. I mean, those are, those are the ones that are on the tip of everybody's tongue, right? Because they're, you know, again, you know, I was like, you know, IT is one of those things where, you know, people think they know a lot more than they really know, right? So they're like, oh, like I connected my home network and oh, I know all about networks. It's like, no, you don't, right? Or if they read something in, you know, in a magazine or they read an article, it's like, oh, that's the next thing we should go after. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, you know, education is is the biggest thing that you can do. And right now, all of those things are, you can't, you can't go to, you know, uh, you can't pick up a newspaper, a magazine, watch a news program without all those things bombarding you right now, right? So, you know, again, th- those things are sexy and those things are, are out there. But, you know, I always tell people at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's you know, your fundamental processes are the backbone of your business. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you may want that AI step, but you may not, you may not be there. And again, that's where you really have to dig into to their business and understand completely where they're at with, you know, from a business perspective, but also that tech, that, that tech stack perspective, because they may want to go here, but they've only got tools that will support here. And it's like, right. okay, like we can get there and I'll, I'll give you the roadmap to get there, but understand that you're, you're here right now and this is what it's going to take. Um, right. And just having that conversation because a lot of times it, it, they just don't realize it. And it's like, okay, like, okay, we do have to take baby steps to that. But in the, but incrementally, just because you can't, you can't implement this today, it doesn't mean that these other two or three steps are going to be, they're going to really help your business along the way. Right. So right. it's just keeping that in mind and, and, and making sure that you're building that foundation correctly. Because I've, yeah. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of companies that, and the most frustrating thing for, for those business leaders is, and, and I'm sure you've run into it too, where it's a hard sell because they've had a bad experience where they spent millions of dollars on a certain technology and it didn't work out and nobody uses it. 
And they're like, oh, why am I going to go spend this money again? Right. This, this seems like another, this seems like another waste of money. And it's like, okay, well, you know, okay. What is that? Cause I've gone into a lot of places too, where, you know, a big thing is CRMs, right? Like sure. I've run into so many, so many instances where people are like, well, I spend all this money in a CRM and my salespeople don't even use it. And it's like, mm. so I don't want to go spend money on this. It's like, well, why don't they use it? And a lot of times it's pretty simple, right? Maybe it's, you know, something, something is basic as they don't have single sign on. Right. And mm-hmm. so the salesperson gets frustrated because now I've got to log into this separately every time I have to go put in, you know, a new lead or follow up on this. or follow. So the technology works. It's not that it doesn't work. It was just maybe implemented incorrectly or we can put different things in to make it easier for the user at the end of the day. Right. And that's the thing, too. Internally, it's understanding what everybody's understanding what everybody's goals are. Right. Because. You, you may have you may have some IT people and their objective is like, I just have to get this implemented. It's like, okay, you achieved yours, but they're not achieving theirs on the sales side because they're not using it, right? And now now it just frustrates the entire company. So making sure that, that everybody's aligned on what that end goal is um, right. is key as well. Speaking of not using things, one thing that I've been thinking about a ton and doing some research on is uh, partner portals. So like Evolve IP, we have, <laughs> we, we have a partner portal, right? Where um, partners can go in and look at assets and your register opportunities and stuff like that. And um, I would venture to say that partners spend more time, and this isn't just my opinion, this is just the research that I've done, but they spend more time on the TSD portals, right? So What's your opinion on partner portals? Like, you know, uh, give me some advice. I'm the marketing guy. I've got to make the decision on whether we keep it or lose it. Like, where should I put my resources? Is it more on, which I manage the TSD portals anyway, but like are partner portals even worth it? Are partners even using those anymore? Like Um, they were big, you know, they were, they were big a while ago, right? Yeah, they were big. I think I think the thing now is, and, and especially if you look at TSDs, you know, they're, you know, and this is really taken off. And I don't I don't care which TSD you use, but they're really again historically, you know, you know, <clears throat> my competitors again. They were they were focused on network. They were focused on they were an SD WAN player. They were a, a CCAS player, a UCAS player. And if you look at all the TSDs for the last two years, you, you know, everything that they push. In every one of their conferences, when they bring people in, is like expand your business, right? Like if you already have a client, if you're SD WAN focused or if you're CCAS focused, you already have an existing customer base that knows you, that trusts you because you, you've implemented these solutions for them. But they need cybersecurity. They need, you know, they need other. They need AI. They need other other facets that are offered in the channel. And their whole push is like diversify yourself, be able to be able to learn and be able to sell other solutions rather than just what you focused on for the last 10, 15 years. Um, And so I think as people as people start to buy into that, the the problem with the, the partner portals is, you know, if they were only dealing with two or three partner portals before and now they're trying to diversify, now they could be dealing with like 10 or 15 partner portals. And right. that, that becomes very cumbersome, right? To be able sure. to 
you know, log into everything, do this, do that. So, and I think that's where, it, you know, I can speak for us. I mean, going into a TSD portal, if I have, if I have everything on your partner portal, for whether it's, you know, your, your battle cards, your one sheeters, all, all your, you know, your presentations, all those kinds of, if I can get it from one source, that is, that saves me so much time. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a game changer for me. And I, I prefer to do that. Um, sure. And it's not that it's, yeah. and it's not that I, I love the information. It's just I don't want to have to go to ten different places if I if I'm trying to put some if I'm trying to put something together because, again, you know the, you know at least for us, like I said, that's that's what we went into it at the beginning is we want to be we want to be a one stop shop for people. We want to be the advisor that they come to for everything, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where you know and you know we don't have the we don't have the technical stuff, but that's where we can lean on. Your, your, you know, your engineers, TSD engineers, to be able to come in and bring in and say, okay, like I know enough to get in here, and now I need you to help me, you know, finish closing that deal and speak from this technical side of it or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, again, being able to being able to be that one stop shop, I don't necessarily have to want to go to ten partner portals to pull all the information I need. <laughs> Sounds about you know, right. That's tough, you know, that's tough to hear because I've had this. I've had this conversation with a number of people, and sure, and I know that you know. Again, I know there's a lot of money that's gone into those partner portals over the years. Oh yeah, well, yeah. and and that surprised me too with how you know how expensive they were and stuff like that. And you know, I think um, that that's just the evolution, right? I mean, we talk about how much technology changes, but like what people need and what they want changes too. And if you you know, if you don't listen to that, um, it's just, you know, it's just like customer feedback. If you're not listening to customer feedback, then what are you doing? Right. So, and that's one of the reasons. Just, yeah. Yeah. I think just look at it from a, look at it from the technology that you're selling, right? Like if, if you're a, if you're a, a CCAS, you know, vendor, uh, supplier, for example, and you have a partner portal, you're pushing to, you know, your clients are coming to you for, for things like omnichannel, right? Because their customers, whether it's chat, whether it's through Twitter, whether it's through any other social media, whether it's through email or text, like you're selling them solutions to make their customer be able to do business in a way that they want to do business with you. And you're putting it into, to put that ease of use in, apply that to your business as well, right? Because you've got, you've got agents and everybody else telling you the same thing. I want to be able to do business with you the way I want to, right? And that, you know, you, you know, you may, you may have some that love the partner portals, but you have a lot more now that are on the go. And it's like, Hey, if I can just shoot a text or if I can go on one, if I can just go on the TSD, you know, portal and have everything I need, for example. So it's just, sure. it's just again, figuring out and making it easier for, for somebody to do business with you. Yeah. And not being offended that just like you said, like they want to do the business how they want to do it. Like that's just. You know, it's the same thing as the customers, like the customers evolve and change and want certain things and then they don't want certain things. And like, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, times change, right? Like we're not, we're not in the feelings business, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, times change, right? Like think about how people think about how people book flights now, for example, you know, back in, you know, back in our parents' day, they used to call a travel agent, right? I mean, now, you know, and then, and then it went to, okay, I'm going to call directly to the airline. And then it went to, you know, when the internet came, it's like, oh, now I can go on a website. Now everybody wants it on an app or they want to be able just to book it through text or they want to be able to, you know, however it is. But 
I mean, just evolution, technology changes and that evolution goes through and it's the same thing for, it's the same thing for suppliers and TSDs as well. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I know we're, uh, we're coming up on time here, but I wanted to ask you one more thing. So like w- when you go into a TSD portal and you're looking for, you know, a specific solution or whatever, like what sort of, uh, and this is more for me, I'm being selfish, but what sort of like asset or something or battle card, what's the first thing that you look for from a supplier? Like what, what's your go-to like document to see what they have? Is it, is it assets? Is it video? Is it like, what's your opinion? Um, yeah, that's hard because, because again, I have to go, I have to go based on, on my customer. Right. And even True. then, like I've got, you know, I've got, C-suite clients who are very old school and, you know, they don't want debt by PowerPoint, but they at least want to be able to say like, oh, I have a deck, right? Like I have a deck that I can refer back to. I don't want you to read off of it, but at least I have this that I can refer back to. So I have to have that. I've got, you know, I may have, you know, IT directors that are looking at, you know, four different solutions and they're just looking for the differences and, all I need, all I need is a battle card. And it's like, here's, here's the key differences. And here's exactly what you're looking for that checks all the boxes. Right. I have, I may have marketing people that love videos and it's like, okay, if I can, if I can send them a video and it explains everything to them and shows them what it is, they love it. Right. So Guilty. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that there's one go-to for me. It really depends on the client. It depends who, who I'm talking to and, I just, you know, really finding out how they digest information the best and how they can process it to come, you know, to come to a decision. Makes sense. Um, okay. So I've got two more. Uh, right. Where would you, where do you see the channel five years from now? Um, I think it's going to be very different um, from a really? number of perspectives. Okay. Well, I think, I think because I think, I think it's a few things. I think one, you know, from a, and you you can frame it in so many different ways. So from a from a TSD perspective, you know you've obviously seen a lot of consolidation. You know just oh, yeah. within these last twelve months, right? And that mm-hmm. that continues to be to be happening. Um, you know, it's funny. Like I worked with I've worked with private equity for a long time. You know, because of oil and gas in my previous history, private equity money came in. Um, you know, within the last call it 24 months into this industry. And a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they, they get scared and there's a bad feeling on it. And, you know, you know, private equity is not bad. They have, they have a lot of resources. They have a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of, they have a lot of things that they can do to help you, to help you grow their business. Um, you know, a lot of them have, you know, they have a lot of portfolio companies that can, instantly become customers of yours or potential customers of yours. So there's, there's a lot of pluses to that. So I think from a TSD perspective, I think there's probably still a little bit more consolidation that happens. I think from a supplier side, there's definitely, I think in some sectors, there's definitely consolidation that needs to happen. And that's, that's just going to happen naturally. Um, You know, and I, and I think that that's where, again, you just have to stay on top of, you have to stay on top of, you know, understanding, you know, where it's going. You, you, you can't just, you can't just kind of keep your head in the sand and hope that it's not going to come because it's going to come. Right. And the, the further ahead you stay away and, and stay educated on, on what's going on in the world and kind of that, that macro view of it, I think you'll be better prepared um, as things happen. Right. Because 
and you've, you've got to be able to, to talk to your, to your suppliers and to your TSDs that when these consolidations do happen, if you see them coming down, it's like being able to have that conversation of how does this affect me? How does this, you know, how can I, how can I continue to work with you better? Are there things that are going to, are there features that are going to fall off? Are there things that are going to change, you know? Um, because those things are very important. Right. And, and I think also too, that, that I think there's a lot of, I think a lot of the suppliers in a way too need to need to be proactive in their communication with with everybody and, and what their plans are and how how they see themselves growing or or what the case may be, right? Because I think the I think the more honest and transparent you are, the you know, everybody's willing to continue to work with you and they want to grow with you. Um, they just don't want to be left in the dark. Sure. That makes sense. That's good insight. I, I think yeah, I mean, private equity coming in, consolidations, that's, you know, it, it will certainly be interesting to see what the future holds. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been a good one. It's flown by. Um, before we get out of here, I just had, you know, I wanted to know what your experience has been working with us of all IP. I know we've done obviously some projects together. So um, what's that been like for you? It's been really good. You know, I, I have, I have no complaints. Um, you know, great, uh, you know, really great engineers, always willing to help, willing to jump on, um, willing to jump on and help clients. Um, you know, uh, the technology is great. Um, but obviously it always comes down to the implementation and the support after. Um, and I've had a number of, of, of bad experiences and in, in other, you know, <clears throat> with other suppliers, but, Evolve has been, you know, I consider Evolve a true partner. I mean, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to clients that want to talk about desktop or, or UC stuff, I mean, Evolve is, I always look to see number one, if, if Evolve is going to be that fit for them, because I know that the support is going to be there for them at the end of the day. And I know the implementations are going to, are, are really going to go great. Well, I love to hear that. Thanks so much. Um, so tell everybody how they can learn more about ClearSync. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, our website is, uh, csings.com. Uh, we have a, we're relaunching that, that, uh, we're relaunching that website with the rebrand. So, um, if everybody goes to it, it's actually launching this weekend. Um, so there's a landing page on it now, but, uh, the full website will be launched this weekend. They can go there. We have a large LinkedIn. I'm, you know, we're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, we do a lot there. Uh, it's been a great avenue for us and, uh, you know, just, uh, Go support our posts, go like it and, uh, and share them, share them uh, where they're relevant to you. Excellent. All right. Richard Rodriguez. Thanks so much. Um, thanks everybody for watching. Talk to you guys later. You. That's a wrap on this episode of the channel champions podcast. You can find this and all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite streaming platforms. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, guests, or topics, please reach out to us. We appreciate you coming along with us on this journey and hope you'll be back for the next episode. Until then, stay tuned, stay connected, and stay inspired.